yourself. Edwin Yearwood, how you doing, brother? I'm good. How you doing? I'm uh, the old man is here, man. Long time no see. I'm telling you. God. When was the last time you came here? Oh my God. Uh, maybe, maybe I uh, like a year and a half. Yeah, gotta be at least two years. So yeah. how how you been? I, I watch you on Facebook every every minute. You make me chuckle. You know what I mean? No, I I love this song that I'm playing here. Uh, this is something new. Yeah, very new, very new. It's what? It's about a day old. What? What? Yeah, man. I DJ yeah. sent this to me and uh, he said play this because you're gonna enjoy it. So we zoom in because we zoom in in this song too, right? Correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I guess you're you're just home in Barbados, having nowhere to go at this moment. And how is that? Well, how are you I'm, dealing I'm with that? Well, I'm home in Barbados. I wouldn't say I have nowhere to go, but it's it's a it's a new. It's still every day is a new challenge. Every day is a new thing with this COVID and staying home. And you know your livelihood is. This is 17 months now off the road, and um, it is it is very difficult in many ways. But at the same time, you know, make make as is. You know, you gotta you gotta make it work. How, how, how you can make it work. So I've been doing jingles. I've been doing a lot of, a lot more writing for other artists. I've been doing, uh, some productions, you know, so I've been, I've been trying to keep myself busy. Good, good. Um, you have to bear with me. My knee hit my computer and it went off of me, boy. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> it's one of those days. Oh, where's all that echo coming from? Ah. Yes, well, you know, a lot of I was talking to some of my friends uh, who are entertainers, just like you, and uh, that's the same thing they're saying. Um, uh, so, wh what I, uh, wh when do you think or feel like you can really go there? Because now I see that they're unmasking the people in the states. You're gonna take a chance and go up there without and do your thing without your mask. There's no way that I'll be doing anything without a mask. I have a family to protect. I have a family to come back to. You know, I think that um, at the end of the day, we are all different people. And you will have, because we are so many people, we will have difference of opinions and we will have difference in actions. You just have to learn to live with it. This is this is the reason why COVID spread in the first place because there, Thank are, people you. Who, there are people who believe and people who don't believe and people who are responsible and people who are irresponsible. So you have to adapt and, and get yourself ready. Just like when... The, 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 just like when the height of the world was about war, you know, we had to prepare ourselves so if we were to get any of the brimstone on fire, you know, so you got to prepare yourself all the time. So for me, it's a case of, it's a scenario of learning to adapt to the new challenges in the world. The, the, the thing that bothers me is these people who are saying, oh, no, it's okay, nothing, everything is all right, and, and, um, they they yeah. don't need this and they don't need that, you know. And um, I I I am totally nervous. I was with. I think I think I think the media is playing a role in it too. From the standpoint, there are so many who recovered who never believed in COVID that they are not interviewing or they are not highlighting. Mm -hmm. So many people who who were really ill and close to death's door that would have publicly said, "Listen, I don't want." I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want a part of it. I don't believe in it. But now they're saying, you know, they they don't long they no longer believe the lies. They they, they understand and, and recognize it's a threat. But they're not highlighting these people enough. Mm -hmm. 
Well, um, I, I am totally, you know, thinking if, if they don't want to do this and, uh, I hear some, I won't call any name, but I was talking to an artist, uh, j- just last week and he said, boy, the first job I get, I'm taking. And I'm mm. saying to myself, that's not too smart. He said, I'm going to walk on the stage with my mask. And as, as soon as I finish, I'm running off the stage. I say, okay, well, what can I tell you? You're a grown man, you know. Excuse me, Edwin, I might seem that I'm not looking at you, but I'm trying to put back this stuff here. Uh, I, I want to see your hairstyle, you know, because you're a man of many hairstyles. <laughs> I tell I you, sure. folks, look sure. at that. Wow. <laughs> I have it short. <laughs> That's nice. I have it short today. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. So, um, I saw, I see you and, um, the band. Help me, Drew. Crossfire. Cross, cross, by a cross, one. cross a square one. You guys had a nice little party going on there, boy. That, that, that. Yeah, man. It's been getting some fantastic, fantastic feedback. It's, it's, it's encouraging because what we're thinking of, what we're thinking because there are two bands from Barbados with so many hits over the decades mm-hmm. we have like almost three decades of hits each yeah. and we can each do maybe three hours in concert by ourselves um that instead of sitting down wasting it wasting it away that we're looking at uh coming together and do something called fire one and take it around the world so that's that's the aim right now we're looking we're looking to partner with people on the ground we're looking to um in, in, in different territories obviously we're looking to take it everywhere possible because it's been in demand uh for a long time even long before the lockdown um remember montreal eh? make sure when you when you're dropping names just drop montreal in there definitely have to be one of these stops stretch you know it has to be one of these stops oh good <laughs> has to be one of these stops because but that's what we, that's what we're looking to do um we're probably going to release one or two other tunes and 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 hope that they can get some spin around the world and just take everything to the world again Good. Because one of the things that um, hypnotized me is how the comradeship is still there with you guys. And I I, I was totally surprised. My guitarist, um, what's his name? Your guitarist. Rebel Billy. Yes. I, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I, you know, you know what I mean. You guys yeah. really, really, really um, had me thinking, boy, this, I would love to see these two bands. One at the one end of the hall and the other one and doing the yeah, thing. Man. Yeah, man, for real, for real. And, and it's going to happen. It, it's, it's just a matter of logistics and, and timing because we will not be responsible for people, encouraging people to be lawless and um, and coming out and probably spreading spreading the COVID and ending up with an even more cruel or vicious variant. Right now, the variants, are, the variants with the vaccines giving you a little... A little mild cold here, a mild cold there, mm-hmm. but you don't want it to get. You know this thing is this thing. In my opinion, I, I'm telling the world. In my opinion, this thing was man-made, and it, it is it is it is designed to survive. So what have we brought? <laughs> it? What, I like how you put that. It? It's designed yeah. to survive. I never thought it of it that way. It, it mutates. It mutates like crazy. So it, by the time we continue to be lawless, there's going to be a strain that's probably going to be so vicious. You know. Mm-hmm. So we we need we need to be mindful of that, and I will not be part of encouraging that kind of of, of, of thing. So we're gonna wait till we know that it's as safe as possible, and that our fans, you know, the soccer the soccer fraternity, it, 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 it within itself 
millions of people, but we are the lesser of all. So right. you don't want we don't want you love the few people we have. <laughs> 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 you know, so yeah, we're looking to do big things, but we'll wait till it's the green light is really green. Good. And uh, how is it in Barbados now with the COVID? Well, our numbers are down. Um, the, the government is doing a good job. Um, we, you know, we had hit a snipe because we had letting some, we yes. had letting some people out. Yes. We had zero, we had zero and we were under control where, whereas people were coming to the island and we would, we would, um, if you're positive, you, you go somewhere and stuff. So we had it under control, but you know, there were a few breaches and it ended up with us having a little challenges, but we're back on track. We, uh, the, the prime minister has just reopened the island to an extent, slowly but surely she's doing it. You know, and, and a lot of people are back out to work. So it's not as normal. Um, school children are back out as well. It's not as normal, but, you know, people are living again. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things, Edwin, is um, I, I was just thinking as, as I watched the two bands in action, I, I was just thinking um, it had gotten to the point now where uh, people are not listening to live music no more. They, they hire artists and they say, no man, come on, my DJ, just bring some, just bring the music and my DJ will play. Um, how mm -hmm. does that feel? Don't you miss your band when you do that? Well, I was, a, I was, I was always, um, a bandsman. Right. And at the same time, I recognized where the world was turning. So I had to adapt. However, there's nothing that can replace live music. There's nothing that can nothing. replace a live band at all. And enough respect to every single DJ out there because without DJs, we are nothing, in my opinion. I will say that categorically straight across, you know? Right. Um, but, but at the end of the day, a live band is something completely different. For example, um, as I was telling some of the younger guys in the band that we need to be on our game when we go on television and perform. Because people are at home sitting and watching, people are at home not paying. Um, they'll they'll have time to pay more attention. Whereas a live band now, you could be so loose, you could be so um, flexible. You know, exactly flexible is the word. You know, spontaneous. You could you could enjoy yourself, enjoy music, enjoy what music supposed to be about. You know, so I think that those dynamics will always play into the hands of capturing the attention of people because. People don't know what to expect. If you if you're going on a on a record, if you're going on on a record behind you or uh, a, a MP3 behind you, people know what to expect. You know, in yes. a band, there's so many different dynamics and so many ways to turn and stuff like that. That it it, it, it always touches the soul. So we can't wait for the live music to come back. Boy, I, I, me neither. To be honest with you, I, I I feel it for the artist who has to sing two tracks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, um, because it, it, that feeling, you, you can see they go through the motions, but it's not yeah. a feeling. They go through yeah. the motions, but it's not a feeling that they, as if they're doing it with a live band. Um, yeah, they've, 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 ne they've never had the chance to really, for those who have never performed with a live band or performed the tracks, trust me, the day will come that when you get a live band behind you, you won't want anything else. Exactly. Exactly. I want, I want to touch on something here and, um, I, I want you to explain yourself. Okay. Okay. Where is it? Come here.
this down. Um, what, what, what is this wet me thing, though? Say again? What is this wet me? Wet me. Well, you want to know what I mean by wet me? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> people think it's, um, people think it's something that is not, it, it's simply, um, you're in a, you're in a party, you're, you're enjoying yourself, and you don't recognize, you know, maybe rain. Come on, Edwin, bring out that politician in you, boy. Maybe, maybe sweating. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm going with it. <laughs> you know, you're, you're sweating and, and, and you know, you want to be cooled down. You want to, you want, you want to be cooled down. And the drinks ain't doing it. So you want the DJ to bring it down, bring down ah. the pace, cool the pace down. You know, that's what the song is about. DJ, it's time to cool it down. The DJ that is the DJ that oh, we want. To okay. Good answer. So it's tempo. It's really about tempo. Good. <laughs> good, good mind answer. You, mind you, I will admit to you all that <laughs> the song was written while I was doing it. And, um, <laughs> if, if, doing if, if, what, may I ask, sir? Use your imagination. Okay. <laughs> I, I was doing it and, um, the song, I, I hit the rhythm. Yeah, I that kind of man. I hit the rhythm. <laughs> I hit the rhythm and I said, hold on, baby, hold on, baby. And I got up and went to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I never came home the song was finished. <laughs> and that oh, Jesus. Story. That's one of the that best ones I've heard story. in a while. I, 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 so, um, so if I want to do, uh, write a song, I have to do the actual thing. Yes, I'll remember that. <laughs> It might work for you. <laughs> and then I'll be remembering Edwin said, go in the bathroom and don't come out until the song is finished. Ah, yeah. oh, Lord. But what... Yeah, but uh, that is the truth. But it, it is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell me something. How does it feel when you go in the bathroom and you write a song and then it comes out to be in a massive hit song? How does it feel? It is, it is wow. It, it's amazing because... It, it starts with this little idea and I'm the sort of person I'm perseverant so I don't give up on it if, I, if I'm feeling it I don't give up on it so sometimes it takes a long time to write a song but for me if I'm hearing something I will tap all day I will tap all night so I'm in the bathroom and I'm tapping and people knocking one know what you're doing and I'm like Shh. <laughs> you know and I'm tapping <laughs> you know so I get I get the melody I get the basics to the melody but I don't I don't stop there so I got up I took a bath and I went for a drive. So I'm driving. The radio is always off. Anybody who knows me that gets in my vehicle, as long as there's no music on, knows I'm writing. So shut up. Ah. So I'm writing. So I'm driving and I'm writing. I have I have the, the melody in my head. So eventually, um, I have to do things. So I, I go into the gym. So I'm in the gym. I'm on the treadmill and I'm running to that tempo. DJ is trying to pull it down. Mm, mm, mm. So I'm keeping it in my head constantly. So by the end of the day, I have the song because I'm putting it in everyday life. And some of the ideas came from every day as well. And every night too. <clears throat> and every night. Yes. Um, one of your, <laughs> one of the songs that you have done so far that I, I totally love is, um, you know, this one here. I think this is, this is a keeper forever. Oh gosh. I'm a say, hey, 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 h
Edwin Yearwood, who is right now on the Zoom with us here on CKUT 90.3 FM. Just want to say thank you for joining us. And um, let me get down my microphone here. Thank you, Edwin, for joining us. Um, I know you guys, um, I was trying to, I won't say the person's name, but I was just trying to um, link up an interview because one of the things why we're doing this interview on the Zoom is to let people see the other side that they don't see normally. Nobody see, right. sees um, Edwin unless it's his circle. Um, this relax sure. and telling us about writing songs in bathroom and what have you. How did you yeah, write this song? How did I write this song? Yeah. Um, this song, this song, I wrote this song just walking actually, um, again, to a rhythm in my head. And, uh, it took a, a little while to write this song because I just used to feel the song and leave it alone because this is one of the first songs written. So I didn't have, I didn't know what it would do. I didn't think it would, I would, I didn't think I would have it there for, for Crossfire or for myself or whatever. I just, I just loved writing and I wrote this song. I didn't see it as something that would do something for me later on in life or anything like that. I wrote it. At an early age, well, um, I was an adult, but a, a young adult, and I would walk from I would walk from point A in Barbados, Christchurch, to point B, St. Michael, uh, on a daily basis as a poor person, you know. And as a result, um, I had I had a back in the day, I had a a Walkman this month, right, right. and I would record. It, it, it was able to record, so I would be walking and recording pieces of pieces that I'm hearing. Tapping to the rhythm, going along, tapping to the rhythm, tap, 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 tap. And we say, eh. And I remember taking it when Nicholas Branca and I started to work together, which is an entirely different story. I remember taking it to Nicholas and said, Nick, said to Nicholas, I have this song that I, I would love to record. And he said, Let me hear it. And I started to sing it. And he said, Nope, that ain't happening. Go back to the drawing board. It is nonsense. And I brought it to him like four or five times. And he said, this song ain't ready, Edwin. Go and work on this song. And I couldn't understand for life for me because it felt complete to me. I couldn't understand why he was turning it down. I almost got discouraged, but then one day I said, you know what? I'm going to go into the studio and get technical. I'm going to ask him to give me an extra vocal because the song is heavy in my vocals. So he was not hearing the two of them together. He was not hearing the lead vocal and the back vocal together. Right. So I said, I'll take a chance. So I said, can I have a track to put down some back vocals? And they put down the back vocals. So he said, okay. So you can put on. So I put down the lead vocal then and he listened to it. So he, he finally listened to it and he, he stopped, he stopped the recording. It was a tape in those days. He stopped the tape. <laughs> and he said, okay, you see this song? This song's going to be a big, big, big song. Just like that. So we, we started working on his song and then he, um, he, we had another song called Run Things Again that he was doing a remix for. And I said, you know what you're doing there with that remix? That song's as though it would fit the song correct. And we put it on that song. He put it on that song. He put it on that remix rhythm. And that was the end of it. Nice. The song just, yeah. The song, so what we did was, the last thing we did was we would have this habit of turning off all the lights, turning off everything in the studio and just laying flat on the ground in the studio where you are surrounded by power amps with little green lights and little red lights and right. amber lights and just 
listen to the song loud loud listen to the song and when it was finished all we could say was wow and after that it just got out and um we released it for a conga line and it left barbados people just okay to it and it made the full circle around the globe and came back and was a hit in barbados but it's it, still it going strong, strong isn't it it's still going strong after 30 after what after 20 30, 25 years it's still a powerhouse of a song so many DJs. I was on. A, I was on the last one. The last performance I did was a, was a, a Uber Soccer cruise, and I was so sh- I was so humbled by the amount of DJs, DJs from all around the world, world. especially these guys in Africa. Yes, they came yes. to me and they said, you know, we don't. We, if we want to start a party, if a party is if a party is not going well and we want to start a party, this is the song we we start with. And I've heard that conversation. This is why I brought it up because okay. there's a guy in France. Mm-hmm. He says, um, and he, he has gone back to what sound systems were in, say, Jamaica with the big truck and the big nice. speaker columns taller than me and all that. And he right, says, right, right. whenever he goes anywhere, that is one of his favorite songs he starts with. And it's always pumping them up. You know, um, I see my, my right hand man there, uh, Drew. Drew, respect, man. <laughs> what have you got to say to your friend Edwin? You can hear me yeah, now? Yeah, I can hear you lot. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Cool. okay. Go ahead. Yeah, what I was saying is that uh, this sound, it goes back a good 25, 26 years, right? And right. You, you, yourself, along with Crossfire and Spear One, you guys kind of like made a living off of that groovy soca tempo. You know what I mean? And now when you look at today's market in the last, maybe I'll say five, five to 10 years, that is the kind of soca that really trends and take off internationally. You know what I mean? So you guys really set a trend. And how does that make you feel to see something that you guys started? You know what I mean? Really come to the forefront today. Um, you know, I, I, I always hear this particular statement and I'm not being humble. I just try not to, to, to be the person to toot my horn in terms of stuff like that. I think, um, I think Crossfire, I think Square One, we've made a, a, a serious, contribution to the art form that we chose. We chose Soka. We were in we were in a scenario where at the time dance hall was ripping, ripping. Uh to go to a place like Guyana and have Soka top in the charts in those days in the nineties, um, in the midst of a of a dub nation or a soca nation a, a dance hall nation was a serious it, it was bigger than than for me than than um Grammy Awards to, to do things like that. So for us to switch it from from the attention of dance hall at that time to soca, making soca a, a young people's thing was awesome. So it carried on because many children at that time, many children at that time were listening to Crossfire Square One, children at the ages of five and six. So that is 25 years ago. So do the math, you know, and they, they themselves would have had kids by now, you know. So we were blessed to be in a time where... um how I, like, how I said it on Facebook the other day. I said, in football today, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, they're so outstanding. They, they stand out so much, you know, that mm-hmm. football is almost about them, you know, at this stage. And at one point in time, the crossfire and the square one phenomenon, that's what it was, you know. It was these two bands completely different yet doing soca music and taking it to the world and just, standing out from most other bands. Mm-hmm. So I feel blessed to be a part of that. 
Yeah, I remember coming to Barbados, I think it was uh, in the middle of the 90s and seeing something that's very on, that was unusual to me at that time, where I saw Sanchez and, and Crossfire <laughs> on the same event. And I was saying to myself, I said, something like this would never happen in Montreal. You know, that's crazy because I, 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 um, I was talking about that exactly two days ago where um, I was in Trinidad that night. I was in Trinidad that night. I did like four performances and um, took a private plane to Barbados to get to that show and flew back to Trinidad Whoa. after that show. To, to, I flew back to Trinidad after that show um, about three o'clock in the morning to do some other show, to do some other shows in Trinidad. It was, it was amazing. And Sanchez, as usual, never, never, never disappoints. And I was a big fan at the time of that song. The song that I was carrying him at that time was, Never, never disappoint. Oh my God. I hate that. that was a song. That was a song. So <laughs> that festival village, it, it was called festival village at the time on Spring Garden. That yeah. was Ram, Ram off. Let me tell you, it was Ram off. And, um, I, I mentioned that it was Ram off because at the same time, not the same night, but what was, what was awesome about Square One and Crossfire was that Square One had Ringbang City, Crossfire had Festival Village. And we would perform on the same nights and the, the venues were like, one minute apart walking and both venues had thousands and thousands of people at any given point in time. That's wow. how we knew that Soka had reached the people in Barbados even more. Wow. So it's, it's, it's an awesome to be a part of. Awesome, tremendous feeling to be a part of it. Yeah, that's a, that's an amazing feeling. So what are some of your favorite places to travel? Uh, Montreal. Still, still, um, <laughs> uh, you don't put me in a trouble. Um, when I say I, I wouldn't say favorites because my favorite places to travel are still wherever West Indians are, but because you feel at home. But um, from a performance standpoint and from a, a, a musical standpoint, I'd say Colombia stands out, Holland stands out, Belgium stands out to me, Germany stands out to me. You know, um, Germany is one of the first foreign European countries we went to. And that was like, even before we had the big hits of, of Pump Me Up and stuff like that, we had little, little songs like, um, Crossfire Massive. And the people were taking that in like crazy. So I knew that once we got a chance to get at some of these people with soca music, that would have been awesome. I always tell people about Colombia because I've never experienced a bull ring being in the middle of a, it's this huge coliseum. Thousands and thousands of people of bullring, and you're the center of the bullring. So you have to perform in circles, so to speak, because you can't just perform to one set of people in front of you. So it was different, it was difficult, and it was challenging. And I remember going off the stage. You know, there were there were warm applause. I remember going off the stage and saying, "I don't think we reach these people." And when we were going down into the, the to the down the stairs, like almost like a dungeon, we could hear this roar and hear more, more. More, more, and that will always stand out for me. Again, uh, I would say Colombia again because we have a song called Something Greater, which is in Barbados, you see as a Calypso in a Calypso competition, Calypso Arena. These songs don't usually get out of the Caribbean or out of Barbados. They don't even get out at the, at the radio station sometimes. <laughs> you know, so to, to, to be in, to be in, in a, at a music festival in Colombia and uh, like Beanie Man is in the audience because he's performing the next night. And you start the song. You don't sing the song. You just start the song with the guitar riff. And the crowd 
in a, a rural, you have to reload this town like four or five times in San Andres, Colombia. And mm. for me, those things speak volumes, you know, they speak volumes to where soccer music can go and where, where music goes because nobody was speaking English whatsoever, but they knew every single word. And they, they, they knew word for word. That is one of the things um, Bob Marley had said once. Eh? He went somewhere, uh, nobody spoke English. Mm -hmm. But yet still they would sing each and every one of his songs. Yeah. You know, yeah. one question I want to ask you. Um, how did Crossfire and the other band come about? Yeah. Um, Square One? Square One. How, how did that happen? Because basically, you know, you, you could put Square One and Crossfire together and it would sound. Um, hmm. I, I can't, I can't necessarily, I can't necessarily speak for Square One, but I, I'll tell you that the core of the band, um, 90, percent of the band members went to school together ah. at secondary school. They went to school together at secondary school and they hooked up with Alison Hines after school as well. And I think um they 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 just loved like blood. Blood was in teen talent um, he was in a teen talent competition with me. He was in a finals and um what I have to always say about blood is that everybody, including myself, we were in the finals singing love songs, ballads. Right. And Blood sang an original soccer song at 13 years old. Well, he was, he was, he was like 14 or 15 at the time. Right. And he sang an original soccer song at the finals. And I thought that that spoke volumes, you know, and here he is today, uh, one of the lead singers of Square One, doing good things on his own in soccer music, you know, making a living off of soccer music. And I think that's awesome and deserves a lot of props. So, um, as far as, as far as concerned now, um, in 1989, I was studying to be a vet and, uh, I had just, let me tell the story. I had just finished artificially inseminating a cow. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, an attachment, an attachment in a place called Fairfield, an attachment to the Samuel Jackman Prescott Polyclinic, Polytechnic. Yeah. And, um, we were doing veterinarian veterinarian stuff in that area and they had just showed me how to artificially inseminate a cow. <laughs> and anyway. it was the most interesting it was the most anyway. interesting thing to see the cow face. <laughs> yeah, can, can, we, can, we, can we just say that you were wetting down the cow? <laughs> <laughs> no man, I ain't doing that. <laughs> I ain't doing that. Sorry. It's not like a familiar it's not like a familiar conversation, so I won't do that. <laughs> how 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 did the cow face look? <laughs> Over the moon. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, so, I left school. <laughs> Let me I have some school. more of my coconut water here, boy. You're killing me. <laughs> so, I left school and I was walking home. Uh, as I said, in those days, I was very poor. So, I was walking home and um, one of the guys pulled up next to me and said that they needed somebody to fill in for the night because their lead vocalist was migrating to New York. And... Um, I said, well, okay. I went down to the hotel. The, the name of the hotel was Tamarind Cove. And I, I sang one song, a song called The Greatest Love of All by, by, um, you, um, I can't remember his name. Benson, George Benson. George, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I sang that song the whole night. I sang that song the whole night. And the men pay me, the men pay me $500 for the night. So what? I didn't want to be a pet no more. <laughs> 
I didn't want I didn't I didn't want to see Doris no more. I tell Doris I went in next day and tell Doris, boy. You know? So we um we sang on a hotel for a little bit and the if I must be truthful, the owner of that band, um, he was happy where he was, but there were members of the band, we weren't happy. We were not happy um just singing covers and in the hotel circuit, we wanted more. Mm-hmm. And as a result of wanting more, we decided, well, let's break, break off of this and do our own thing. And we, we were sitting down at the hotel bar when we, we had a break. So you used to play like two or three sessions. Right. So we break from the first session and we sat down thinking of band names and CNN came on. And at that time, they used to have this show called Crossfire. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it came on. So the guys were like, well, let me go with that name. <laughs> but obviously, we, it, it, it's a political thing at the time. So we didn't, we didn't want it for that reason. So we sat down and we studied it and stuff and recognized. And we said, you know what? We made, we, we hooked up with a guy named Phil Phillips, who was a totally awesome business manager at the time. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we made a, we made a plan. And the plan was for the first year, <clears throat> become a household name in Barbados. Um, the second year, become, um, Big in the nightclubs in Barbados. And the third year was to do original music. And the fourth year was to become as internationally known as possible. And we follow those steps closely. Um, we actually stopped working because we still, I, although I was studying, mm-hmm. I had a day job and we stopped working. We quit working. All of us decided we want this so badly. We quit our jobs. Supervisors, managers, that kind of thing. We quit our jobs. Right. And we rented, we rented a beach house on Spring Garden at the time. It was called Spring Garden at the time. We rented a beach house there and we would rehearse there. I will never forget because it was difficult to do. They had this big sign. The manager put this big sign, no women allowed. (laughs) (laughs) And also, um, it was rehearsal morning, evening and night. Right. And, 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 and that's what it was about. You know, we became focused. We had dreams, you know, and that's where Crossfire began. Yeah, um, I have a question here because we're also live on Facebook. If you guys are just joining us, uh, it's uh, West Indian Rhythm School, myself, Drew, Howard Stretch Car. We're having a little chit chat with Erin Yearwood from the band Crossfire. I have a question from Pat Dillon here that uh, came from Facebook. She asks, at present or post-pandemic, what are the main themes you will be writing about? Um, I don't have... I don't, I don't work like that. Mm-hmm. I don't go by, <clears throat> by themes for a particular time. You know, I write as inspiration comes. Um, I write from real life and reality and people around me and liming with people and talking to people. You know, many songs, many of the hit songs that you've heard from, from myself come from being amongst people or being on tour, like a tour bus with, with the guys, you know. <clears throat> um, I don't want to give much away right now, but a Willie um, Nelson type of thing. But but we're working, <laughs> we're working on something called vaccine. <laughs> so leave it right there. <laughs> Let's just say I, I, got, I, the, I got the real vaccine for you. Let me put it that way. Afraid to ask, vaccine. Mm, leave it there. So, so all right, I leave it there. I uh, did. You know what, Stretch? Yes. Uh, I just give. It, I just want to play some one of my favorite Edwin songs. Sure, go right ahead. Vaccine. Okay, on <laughs> Which one is it? Vaccine. 
That's actually my favorite song from you. Hold on, Drew. Hold on. I knew it was his favorite because he started singing I'm Messing Up the Song. (laughs) (laughs) Go go ahead, Drew. I'm just pulling your legs, brother. (laughs) Anyway, tell the listeners a little bit about this song because I know this song is special to you also. Yes. Um, First of all, the song came about through me. Uh, some people had asked me to enter the Pickety Crop competition in a, in a tent, back in our time tent, a guy by the name of Peter Boyce from Mad Entertainment. <clears throat> um, and uh, I had never done the Calypso competition or anything like that before. I'd, I've been a vocalist for, for, for a whole set of them, Gabby, Grainer, Red Bass, like all of them, but never, um, never doubled double, double up front. Um, so I knew that I wanted to have my own stamp and that I wanted to to do something different. I was always interested in doing something different. Um, <clears throat> so I approached a whole set of leading artists and leading Calypsonians, if you will. But I don't think they really had the time. So it forced me to have to do my own thing, definitely. I had to, to come up with something. So I was I was sitting down at home and um, I was walking around and recognizing, you know, when you live in a poor ear, a poor neighborhood, when you live in a neighborhood where when you lay down, you and the centipedes and millipedes could be friends, you know. You share secrets in the night, um, and you get so accustomed to it that you don't run or you don't scream out or nothing like that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you can tell some stories. You can tell a lot of stories, you know. Um, where where you're laying down, you can see the activity, the nocturnal activity underneath your house, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you, you know that. Edwin, you you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna kill me today, boy. Oh, yeah, so, God. so, um, I, I saw it as, as, uh, uh, I wanted to write and say something without going too deep, too heavy, but to capture the attention of people at the same time about the struggles that we all have. But the fact is there that if we really want to, we can get out of it. You know, so that was my theme. Uh, when I, when I, when I wrote that, I sat down and I spoke to my manager then. Phil Phillips, and he was always a very positive person. He was always somebody encouraging me to read. He was always somebody encouraging me to learn as the world opens to me, information, blah, 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 blah. And I believe that's where the influence for the song came from. 
from reading books like Les Brown, who would have been eaten out of a trash can at the age of 20 to becoming a billionaire mm-hmm. by doing this one thing, you know. And um, <clears throat> it showed me the way that I didn't have to stay in this position if I was going to be a positive young man, you know. And that while I'm doing my thing, while I am struggling and trying to get out of the struggles, that I could influence some younger people as well nice. to see that they nice. didn't have to all become doctors and lawyers mm-hmm. to have a viable career option. You know, so that's what the song was about. So I sat down and wrote the song and lived it. I lived the song from from being poor to being comfortable to following my dreams and, uh, and literally having a career. Whether you have billions of dollars or not, after the point is a career is, is something that you're successful at con- consistently and um, creating a particular reputation from it. And that's what I wanted. Great. Stretch. Yes, sir. I think we're going to have to ask Edwin for a loan, you know. <laughs> no, I realize, dude. You, you, listen. You can ask Edwin, Edwin for a loan, but me, I am only waiting till I go to um, vacation in Barbados so Edwin can take me out on the yacht. That's all I want. But well, listen, did, listen. Did you realize? Did you realize? I, I, I can carry you all. When, I can carry you all. I can carry you all, but the same house with the cockroaches and melody, <laughs> and and leave one alone right now. <laughs> Yes. He just keeps on saying when, 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 when. I was poor, when I had no money. <laughs> no yeah, more. I mean, these guys, you know, I, I totally, I, I, I can, I, I can relate. I can, I can, I can buy bread then. Mm. I can buy bread now. Right. You can buy I, a bakery. I, I, I will have to. I don't know if you had time, so don't let me. Let me. Let me summarize it. I used to. It was this guy by the name of Lil Sean and myself growing up in the Bayland that when football was finished. When football on the pasture was finished, we, the next morning, football usually played on the weekend. So Sunday morning, we would get up and slowly walk every grain of grass across <laughs> the field from the touch to the other side, looking for silver dollars or coins or anything to go and get something to eat. Mm. So I am not doing that anymore. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I, I, you, I, you could buy a beer green now. Yeah. I, 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 I could buy. I could buy a bit bread. <laughs> Edwin, you're killing me, boy. I'm telling you, you're killing me today. I believe you, me. Uh, we got three more minutes because we got to play some music for the soccer people. Okay, no problem. And, um, um, the, 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 the first time when you get a booking. To go somewhere, mm-hmm. I I would really appreciate it if you'd link up Joe and tell him because then I want to ask you some more of, of how you're gonna do it. But I know f- listening to you talk, your conversation is highly intellectual in the sense of knowing what you plan on doing, not putting your audience into a, a, a situation yeah. where where right. they might get this um, virus. You know, um, right. I I, uh, I personally I like to. Speak with the scientists. I'm not a scientist, so I have to listen to what they're saying. Even though they might, there's a lot of stories going around, you know, that it's not real, it's not this. But I like your approach to it, Edwin. And believe you me, man, I know you were, you, you had a great sense of humor, but this coating and all that. No, no. Doris. Uh, Dor- <laughs> <laughs> may I have to write a song here, Doris. <laughs> There's no, a call named no, no man. I leave it out right there. <laughs> I leave it out right there. Hey, 
listen to me, man. You go back, you just stay in Barbados and leave me alone with you and Doris, yes? Oh my God. So Doris had a smile on her face. <laughs> Doris was the girl that jumped over the moon with her. <laughs> oh, oh God, Edwin. Thank you for the laughter, boy. With all what we're going through up here, I'm glad I could uh, really talk with you. So we got to wrap it up because we got to play 15 minutes of music for the, um, they, uh, people. the soaker. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just confused. I just want to hear more about Doris and, and Edwin <laughs> pushing up his hands in Doris' private parts. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. Hey, Drew, you, know, you, you, you have one more question. You have one more question for, for, for Edwin. I have nothing to say. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I leave that last question for you. Hey, hey, Edwin, I ain't asking you nothing more about Doris. But how is Doris <laughs> doing now? I, I don't know. I think Doris was corned beef. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Edwin, I'll ask you. Uh, is, is there going to be, what's the word now? Is there going to be a crop over this year? Is there any action that's going to happen? Anything I, I virtual? Know. I don't know. I have no clue. Um, but what I, I know for sure is that as, as Stretch did, he played it just now. Um, I, I'm releasing songs. Um, we're working okay. on songs. People are releasing songs because at the end of the day, this is about people. We know yeah. that people can't necessarily come outside right now and party. So for, for us to keep your company at home, I always said, I said in an interview before, you know, I've been doing this now with Crossfire myself for over 32 years. Wow. And people has done, people have done nothing but give. And give and give to us, you know. They bought the CDs, they made the CD gold in Canada. The um, they bought they, they bought tickets. They supported us, you know. They they they, uh, they they've done so much, you know, that it's time to give back. And it costs to record, but if you can be, if you can keep people as sane as possible in these different and difficult times, there's nothing wrong with it. It's all about giving back. So. That's why Crossfire Square One did the concert the other day. And that's why we will continue to try to do things and record. It's about people. Hold on there. I have an avid listener. I have to cut you off here. Sorry. She wants to ask you a question. Jewel Jones, go right ahead and ask Edwin the question you want to ask. You have some listeners out there who want to question you. But next time, we, we because nobody's going to ask you about Doris. Okay. Go ahead, Jewel. <laughs> you there? Uh, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. They say that the eyes are the windows to the soul. Mm -hmm. Why are you hiding those precious eyes? Because oh. I don't want my soul <laughs> to be poured all over the place. Listen, you know, you know, Barbados will tell you about our whole, right? So soul. Um, you trying I to put me in trouble, but you can't put me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see you those can't put me in trouble. I want to see those uh, soul eyes. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know a soul without eyes. Okay. <laughs> you want to take it off them sunglasses? You want, you want, you want me to take oh, well, speak yes. English. You want, me, you want me to take them off for a minute? Yes. Uh, I take them off. You Hi, see, I tell you, your eyes are pretty. Why are you hiding them? Whoa. You were getting me. Doris said he should wear the eyeglasses. Listen. I get enough trouble. I put them back on. I get enough trouble for my eyes on <laughs> on, on this social media that my girl almost banned me from doing social media, and she oh, named me Doris. 
Uh, okay. Uh, All she, right. What's her name, Doris? Listen. Not, <laughs> you, see, you see the song? Her name is not Doris. You see the song that you, you plan to write called Vaccine? Mm-hmm. You could ex- extend the song and call it Vaccine for Doris. <laughs> Doris not have Vaccine. Doris had her vaccine so long ago that a few all had breakfast off she since then. All right. Another one. I heard children. I heard children. I was a pro-papa boss. All right. When you spoke about Teen talent. Yeah, you were you were speaking about Richard Stout teen talent, correct? Correct, correct. Okay, I remember. Um, there are several young people in Barbados that came off of the Richard Stout teen talent. Eighty percent of Barbados. That's exactly. It was you, um, TC Blood, Blood TC Alison Hines classic. Alison Hines classic. I mean, the whole a lot of young people. Came off of the teen talent of uh, Richard Stout. Okay, yeah. I I want you to do something for me, which is something I've been thinking about for years, and I'm wondering um, why isn't there a statue of Richard Stout or a street or alley or something? Oh, Joel, man! Oh, God! That that has to be that name after Richard Stout for everything that he has done for the music business and the young people in Barbados. You're speaking about ten years from now when I become a politician. Give me a little break for now. You can still push it. You can still push it. Hold on, Joel. Give the man a chance till ten years from now when he becomes a politician. No, no, no. Right now he can buy a big brain. Right now you can buy a big brain, man. So that I listen to you. What I can tell you now is that. 80% of the, the artists out there in Barbados mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. They, they came to the teen talent, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Rihanna did not come to teen talent and she rich. So I'm sorry as hell that I went to teen talent. Nah, listen, I think people are doing some stuff for teen, for, for Richard Stout. Yeah. Uh, right now, right now he is, um, he is re- him and CR, CRS music. Are relaunching some of his, you know, he was an artist before he was a teen talent proprietor. Yes, yes. And, and, he and, was doing, a, and he was a brilliant artist as well. So, so they're releasing digitally some of his works, a, a compilation of his works. And what we should do, because this is where soca music falls down. What we should do as a people is make sure that we buy one of those CDs. Even if we don't love the music, make sure we buy one of those CDs. Make sure we buy one of those online CDs from CRS Music to support the same Richard Stout. And I'm sure that that will serve him better in the supermarkets than the statue. Yes. Uh, you know something? You're you, you, the type of West Indian that I, I really love to hang out with because, you know what I mean? You make me laugh and then you make me think. No, <laughs> you know, you, you brought up the name Rihanna, right? Yeah. Um, how, how does Rihanna react to... Um, you guys, the artists of that island. Yeah, is she? Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. I'll, I'll answer that in a nutshell right now. Right. I was doing a show in New York City and I left the next morning. I was in the airport. I was in, um, JFK 
to come home to Barbados. And I was walking, going to my plane. And this person said, Where? Eddie, Eddie, how are you? And oh. come and give me a big hug and say, uh, that time I'm thinking, well, this must be some fan going to Barbados. Right, too. right. So I put in all my, I put in all my, my macho thing. I say, Hey, <laughs> hey, sir, I'm good. How are you? Everything okay? My deep voice and everything. And the person said, I just got off a plane from England. I, I went to France. I had a country, England. I'm real tired. I can't wait till I get, get home. So I pull, pull back, then pull back from off the person I recognize. It was Rihanna hugging me tight. Nice. And I say that to say that nice. she has always been a very humble young lady. I, I get that impression. Her. I get that impression. And, and she was always respectful of artists. Uh, there's a picture that goes around when she was probably like 16, wearing a crossfire bandana. So, you know, that's ah, ah, yeah. I see where the love is, man. But uh, yeah, no, man. from what I've read and seen, um, she seems like she loves her island. She loves the people in that island. So, yeah. you know what? Um, we, we got a couple of, I thought I would have had at least a 15 minutes to give the people to dance to, but I didn't know. I knew you were funny. My, one of my friends told me, you don't know, don't talk to Edwin because he will tell you all kind of thing about a cow named Doris. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, no, he didn't really say that. <laughs> I made that up. But Edwin Yearwood, you're a treasure and a pleasure, as they say. And I could talk to you for a very long time. But we're going to bring you back on this format because I want people, your own Bajan people to jump in and question you and want you to name street after this gentleman and so forth and so forth. In 10 years, you'll be a politician. So what happened to all the money you're making as an artist? Send it to me, right? My address is 5062 Cadillac. Don't forget. The money, the, the money can't happen till I become a, a politician. When I, when I write in a law, the legislation for back pay of a, as an artist that don't, that don't get the, um, the rights to the publishing rights, um, and the, the royalties from the radio station. When I get 10 years from now, I will go in and say, you know, you need to give me like, $6.4 million for the, the 34 years that I was getting music. <laughs> I was putting up music. I, I want to pay for it. I want to just take it and put it on a phone. Oh, <laughs> God, I can't win with this man. Uh, uh, <laughs> <sighs> Edwin, boy, you're a treasure. People, this is who I am. I, I, I have the one thing about, the one thing about COVID it has taught me is to you know, just be yourself. This is the person that you, you don't see me, you see me on stage and that's it. I don't hang around. I don't, I don't like, showing off i don't like being somebody you know that big up so-called person so you will see me as down to earth like this having a ball having a blast encouraging positivity i am there's no part of me that's negative besides my right hand then doris deal with it nothing else is bad nothing else is, is bad at all <laughs> so i want to <laughs> i ain't touching that you left on me doris no sir i want to <laughs> thank you for having me on the show my brother drew as always i am open for whenever you guys are ready again and I know that this is a warm up for the real deal. When we do eventually do a real in depth interview, guys. So I'm not worried about it. I miss you guys and stretch. I always on your page checking you. I know. Respect. I checking I you so too. Now I watching you. Now now I want to see Doris. <laughs> Please take a picture of Doris and put up. Let me can look at. Uh, you gotta look for, for Doris in the Anglo section. <laughs> <laughs> Edwin, you're crazy. But I love you, man. You're, 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 you're an entertainer. Thank you, Edwin. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Everybody.